the disruptive chamber. Not your average YouTube channel, not your average podcast, causing radical change in the way you think, speak, and feel. Let's disrupt some things. Our churches need a disruption. Our world needs a disruption. Our homes need a disruption. Are you ready? Episode five. Ah, five. Five. Oh, that's, that's ten. Five. Episode five. I put up two hands. That's ten, right? We haven't even gotten there yet. I'm, I guess I'm excited about this. Episode five. Heal first. I'm going to say it again. Heal. H-E-A-L first. These are some things I, these, like I said, these episodes, man, that I'm bringing um, are some things that I, even journeys that I've been on. Um, I'm still learning even how to heal um, some old wounds. I'm saying our childhood, there's some childhood wounds that we, that needs to be healed. Um, even in, even as being a believer, being a Christian, I've learned like, like there are some things that, that a message on a Sunday morning can't heal. I'm going to say it again. There's sometimes, uh, because we look for the church, we look for messages to heal us. And so we even look for people to heal us, right? And we don't get the, the right appropriate help. I'm going to say it because my wife, She's graduated, but uh, my wife graduated a year ago. Um, she's an MFT, marriage family therapist. And some of the things that I've, um, as she was going to college and um, to get her, um, get her master's, right? Um, she literally was like, like telling me like some of the things that, not telling me their story, but was telling me like, hey, man, we have to be careful in this certain area with our children because if if we don't, if we don't allow them to um, to be themselves, or we don't allow them to um, to grow, right, and we don't nurture them the right way, they'll end up growing up, right, with these wounds or scars that they've never that they um, that they accumulated um, over the years. And I said, "Wow!" She's like, "Tony, I need you to like." I have a daughter. She's six years old, and she reminds me of myself. I love my daughter. She's she's a little bit like me. She, had, she she's funny, and she has a mouth. And that's 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 her father, right? I'm funny, and I have a mouth. I grew up I grew up with a, a little mouth on me, right? A little mouth, and so it's funny because she's super sweet, but she says certain things, right? Will like catch your attention, right? And you'd be like, okay, uh, why'd you say that? She says certain things that, that even challenge you as an adult, like, hmm, that you shouldn't say that. Remember, you told me not to say that. We're not allowed to say that. And so those are things that I've grown, um, grown to even learn, even the process of being a parent, that we are responsible for our kids healing the way they go about their life, the way they, um, the way they grow up, right? Healing starts at home. Ah, I'm going to say it again. Healing starts at home. It starts with us being parents. How we raise our children, right, or how they're going to how they're going to be productive as adults. What I've learned is a story. The Samaritan woman. Um, some of us might know it. Um, Jesus goes to the well. He's meeting, and this woman comes and meets him there. Mind you, it's there. I've heard the story time and time again, right? How Jesus goes and meets the woman, tells her everything, tells her about the husbands and stuff that, that she has, and the woman and the um the fifth uh, the sixth one isn't his hers, right? But 
No one ever dealt with the reason why she became who she was. And because we don't, we never, ever, people never, never, ever know why we are who we are is because we never expose or share our past because it hurts. Some of us, our past hurts. Some of us, we've gone through abuse mentally, physically, emotionally growing up. Some of us um, who have had um, fathers, right, who, who, because I wasn't like them, they, they, they isolated themselves from us or because I wasn't as, as gritty and strong as them. And, and that's for a lot of men. We have to, I know a lot of men, we have to work on our area because we, we, weren't, we weren't handled right. So, therefore, we handled our boys the way we were handled, right? And so, because of that healing, right, it was never taking place, right? I'm going to go back to the Samaritan woman because, but this right here is a place where I think we need to talk about is us boys. Even I'm a man, as a man, I have a son now. And I want my son to not to be sensitive in areas, but be be but be grunt about himself in certain areas too as well. I want him to have that area, right? And so, by me saying this, um, I have a father that my father was a good father. He was a great father. He was man, Mike. My, my, we would kiss my dad on the cheek and hug on him. So I didn't have a father like that who didn't because my dad went through abusive relationships. So my dad he had stopped that generational curse before it even started. He said when he had boys, which is us, he was um, he was he was gentle with us. I mean, was he? Um, did he put his foot down with his time? Yeah, he put his foot down, but he was gentle with us too as well. The Samaritan woman. Let me get back to her. The Samaritan woman. She comes to Jesus. Goes to the well. She tells Jesus, "You know you're supposed to be talking to me. You know we don't we don't we don't write we don't rock the same way, right?" Jesus tells Jesus looks at her, knowing her past, right, right, knowing her past, he wouldn't allow her present to continue to be what her past created her to be. And I think a lot of times when being when us walking into our healing. We have we can't we have to allow ourselves to be healed from our past. I'm gonna say it again. We're gonna have to allow ourselves to be healed from our past. And some things that we're gonna have to we need therapy for. I hate to say I got therapy. About two years ago, I went to go get therapy. And therapy helped me out a lot. It helped me deal with issues and things that I was holding over over other people's heads that I dealt with. And I think. When, we don't, when you don't heal, you hold people captive, right, for what you've dealt with. And so in order for you to heal first, you have to look at yourself and say, look, these are things I've gone through. These are things that, I, that I've seen, and I can allow this to dictate my future. Jesus was telling, this, telling the Samaritan woman, your future will never, ever be the same. Yes, I know about your, I, I know about your past. But I'm going to talk about your present. Your present is cool, but I, but I know about your past, right? In order for us to really, really heal, we have to deal with our past. And I think the more and more we deal with our past, the more and more we will be, we'll be better for our future. Our children, right, won't have to deal with or suffer for what we suffered with growing up. Um, I have a grandfather, had two grandfathers. And I found out that two of my grandfathers were, um, they were abusive. 
they were abusive. I had I, I had abusive grandfathers growing up, and um, I know I'm probably gonna have some family members to watch this, but hey, I, they know. <laughs> my father told me how abusive my my grandfather was to his um to his to his mother. And my dad one day so he gave us the story of how my father, um, how my grandfather, like literally like abused my grandmother. And so by my father seeing this, right, there were some internal things that he dealt with, right, as far as having his voice, as far as being protective, right? Some of the things that he dealt with because of these scars that he dealt with from my from my grandfather. My grandfather one day came home with his my grandfather was a Baptist preacher <laughs> back in the day. My dad's like 90, so you know, back in the day that it was that it was that you um, woman you don't speak unless be spoken to type deal. I don't know where that came from. But yeah, all that 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 chauvinistic things, right? My so my so my grandfather came home one day with one of some of his preacher friends. And so he wanted them wanted my grandmother to cook dinner for them. My grandmother was cooking dinner, but she wasn't cooking fast enough. He picked up one of those old school ice cream makers. It was like it was wooden and threw it at my grandmother because she wasn't cooking fast enough. And my father seen so much abuse growing up that there were some things that my father dealt with as an adult. Right. Some of some things were where he he was literally allowed himself to take on certain issues, right, with people, and he was never fully healed from his from his father being abusive. So therefore, he got into abusive relationships. He was trying to always please because his his mother, which is my grandmother, always was trying to please my grandfather, right. And so my father grew up, and so he was always wanting to please. He always wanted to please and never knew his true identity because he, was ne- he never healed in that area. And my father told my grandfather one day, he said, when I get older, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> thank God my, fa- my father found, found Jesus because my, gra- my, my father was a man back in the day. So thank God he found Jesus. And so those areas in our life, right, that we don't allow ourselves to heal from, right, God literally does this. He says, he sends people in your life to see the best in you and say, I can't allow you to walk in that area. This woman, if she would have never, ever met Jesus, she would still allow her past to dictate her present and her future. And because she met Jesus at the well and she had her well moment, she allowed herself to say, you know what? Yeah, I probably was abused, probably was touched. I, and, and this is this is my analogy of, the, of what happened with the Samaritan woman. I, I I feel this because I've learned through the years of the process of why young, some young girls um, they gravitate towards men a lot, right? Either it was lack of father in the home, or they were mishandled in their youth, right? And I feel the Samaritan woman was mishandled. She was mishandled, and so she took on being who she was, right? People would call. Her, "Quote unquote," and excuse my French. This is, but this is disruptive chamber. They might say she was a whore, right? For her having all these, our, our home record, right? For her having all these, um, all these men, and 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 they weren't, and they weren't married to her, right? And not really saying what happened to you. I'm going to ask you on this camera, like, what happened to you? Someone probably never asked you that question. 
what happened to you? Can you, can you be healed? Do you want to be healed? Have you ever thought about getting therapy? Jesus was a therapy. He had a therapy session with the woman at the well. I feel he really did. Like, I, I think we only got a little bit of what Jesus, how Jesus was really talking to this woman because he had compassion for people, right, that were hurt and wounded. So I feel Jesus, like, really had, like, he said, like, look, let's, ha- let's, let's sit down at the well right now. I'm a, you sit on that end of the well. I'm going to sit on this end of the well, and let's just have a conversation. Okay. You told me, yes, we don't belong. To, uh, yeah, I'm a Jew. You're a Samaritan woman. You don't, and you feel like we've, you've got done wrong, and this is the only well that you have. This is Jacob's well. It's the only well you have. But what really happened to you? Can we heal from this area? Because I believe there's purpose inside of you. The woman probably never, ever was spoken to in this, in this manner, right? You're the first man that ever said, Hello to me without warning my Victoria's Secrets. You're the first, you're the first man that wanted me, wanted to just talk to me without having a hidden agenda. You cared that my father might have missed, my father might have touched me. You cared that my uncle might have touched me. You cared enough about me to tell me that I will never thirst again. I will never be thirsty. For men again. And for men. Did your father hit you too hard because he wanted to toughen you up? Did he speak to you harsh and rash to the point that you felt like you didn't have a voice and you weren't a man enough? Let's heal because I never dealt with that. I didn't have a father like that, but I, but, I, but I empathize for people who had fathers like that, right? Or even mothers like that. My mother was loving. Man, cooked some of the best meals for us. I mean, she, I mean, she, I mean, she did. And so I've had friends. I'm about to cry right now. But I had, fr- I had friends like, like who fathers weren't there, who fathers were abusive, um, who fathers didn't speak to them in a manner, who fathers who left them, like, like literally left them, like left them, and, and, and we became like the big brother or the, big, or, or the father to them. My father became their father. We, sh- we didn't mind sharing my dad because my dad, my, dad my dad would literally fix on our friends' cars for them and say, just give me, just give me, just give me $50. Literally, literally, like literally fix the engine and stuff. Like, just give me fifty dollars. Like, just buy me some lunch or something like that. So I don't know what it feels like to have that 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 type of unwarranted toxic relationships growing up. And so I look into this camera, man, and I and I and I, I'm. This is our well moment right now, guys. Yes, for every, every young lady, every young man that's out there, from young to old, and, and, you're, and, you're, and you're still trying to heal from words that were like, that, that you've still, you're, you're taking with you. You're, you're trying to prove these words wrong when you don't have to. When you have a loving father that says, I love you. When your mother and father forsake you, I will never, I will never forsake you. Can we meet 
Jesus at the well and leave those moments there. Yes, they hurt. I'm not saying that you don't have that. You don't have a reason not to feel unhealed or your, your things don't matter. Your, what happened to you doesn't matter. But in order for you to even walk into a relationship, because guess what? We get in relationships and we expect either our friends or our, 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 our spouses to heal these deep wounds that we never dealt with first. We, we allow them, we want them to be our therapists. We want our friends to be our therapists. We want our girlfriends, our boyfriends, we want our, our husband, our wives to be our therapists because we never heal first. Heal, healing. I've, I've watched, I'm a people lover. I'm a people watcher. Like I do, like I, I watch, I care about people. Like I, I speak life into them when they're, when they, listen, when they don't believe in themselves, I'm literally like speaking life. To, I'm like, listen, man, like, listen. And, and I know it has to be God. Cause I told God, I said, like, I want to walk like your son walk. I want to be able to speak into people's lives and cause them to be healed in areas of their life that they'd never been healed in, healed in before. And can I tell you this, that God wants you healed, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally, like for those who've been hit by their hit, hit by their parents aggressively, socked, beat on. God says He wants to heal you from that. Like, I literally want you to understand, like, you are not your past, and that's what Jesus told this woman: "You're not your past." When He told her, "You will never thirst again," He told her, "You are not your past." And it sucked. It sucked. Your past sucked. And I know it sucked. But you will never have to thirst again. You will be healed. You will be healed in this area. But you have to want the healing. Because when you want the healing, your healing is not about others. It's about you. Now, you 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 can create better for those who are creators. You can work better. Like, certain things won't trigger you. That calls you to be a runner. One of my one of good friend that's in the in the, in the building today, Christian. He says this generation are generation of ghosts. You know, but you know why we're ghosts? Because our because what we grew up in caused us to be Caspers in our own home. We don't give our children enough voice. We don't know how to nurture our children, right? I'm still learning how to nurture my daughter in, in, in disciple. I read this thing of how to father like the father. This is a Bible app. It says, it's on your app. It says, how to father like the father. And he says, the first thing that you want to do is disciple them. He said, I said, I started reading more. I said, he said, Jesus discipled. And how he discipled, he loved them, but he corrected them at the same time. But he loved them in correction. A lot of us, our parents, because they, did, they weren't discipled, so they were so they're so they're just throwing toxics on top of toxics. And so then we grow up, right? And we we'll say, I'm never gonna be like our parents. But then, because we never heal, that thing flesters, festers up, right? I, I call it a dead cell. A dead cell just sits and waits there. It waits. It waits for the opportunity for that live thing to happen in your life. And you move towards it. And then it grabs and it pulls out 
And that's how a dead cell becomes alive again. It pulls and it drains out what's living. When you don't heal, it becomes, you're, you're a dead cell. So everything around you that's living, that's lively, right? Because you never heal from it. You allow that live thing to come to you and then you draw from it. That relationship that you're in. They're good relationships. But because you've never healed first, you pull from it. And now, because they're lively, now they become to come down to your level. Heal. Heal. Third, third John 1 and 3 says this. Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. John says, I, I pray that, that, that you enjoy good health, not just physical health, but mental health, emotional health. I pray that you heal first. I pray that, you, that, that that thing that your father did to you or your mother said to you, I pray that even if you got mishandled, molested, I pray that, that you heal from this. Because it won't be your future. I think Jesus said that won't be your future. And when you heal, when you heal, you become like the you you come like you come like the prodigal, the uh, the the Sharon woman. This is what she does. She goes to her city now, she tells everybody the good news of who she is now. Now you can laugh, have fun, enjoy life. You won't allow people to offend you because you healed. Can I read this scripture to you? Psalms 147 verse 3 says this. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted. Those things that you've gone through. God wants to heal that. Don't give the responsibility of your spouse. Don't give the responsibility of your friends. Don't give the responsibility of your boyfriend or girlfriend to do that. Let God be, let God be the healer because guess what? They're not going to cross every T and dot every I all the time. They might push a trigger. But we have to heal first. Heal. Heal from family generational curses. Heal from them. Those words that's been spoken over your life in, fr- in your parents' frustration, in the midst of their frustration, heal from it. Have your well moment. Be like the woman. Unexpectedly go to the well, go, go draw some water and beat Jesus there. <laughs> he wants to heal you. Relational healing. Some of us had some friends that were they were friends, and to a point, they became <laughs> jerks, enemies, right? Heal from those, because everybody's not the same. So you don't have to always have this, like, this wall built up because the choices that you made with these friends and these friends did not keep up their end of the bargain of being a friend. Heal. This is a touchy subject because, man, like, 
I've watched some really great people in my journey of life. I've, I've been around so many, I, I'm a barber, so I've cut people hair, I've, I've cut the hair, so I've had all different backgrounds of people, from people that were abused, people that were um, talked to aggressively. I've even had to tell a father one time, when I was like, hey man, you shouldn't talk to him like that. But man, no, 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 you shouldn't talk to him like that. Like, I literally had to check a father one time in my barber shop. Like, man, like you, you have to handle him, handle him differently. You know what I'm saying? Was it my place? Probably wasn't. But listen, listen. I'm like, listen. If you want to continue to come and allow and be my customer, I need you to 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 build a better relationship with your with your son. Heal, heal first, so that your your purpose in life and your journey in life will be great. Heal first, so that. When, you're, when you get married, your spouse isn't your therapist. And, and or your spouse is trying to figure out why are you spazzing out. Heal first. So that your children won't have to suffer what you've been through. Heal first. So that the world can know who God is. Through your life. Can you heal first? So that you don't bleed on others? Ooh. We bleed on others, man. We 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 bleed on others. We 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 begin to treat them and act and want them to be like us. We bleed. We like literally like just bleed, right? We bleed anger, resentment on people in our marriages, on our children, in our business, we bleed. Heal first so that you won't bleed. So you can be you can be the one that leads somebody to get healed. Heal first. 